Hi there, my name is Maxine Desjardins. I'm the mom of a two-year-old and um, I am sharing with you um, what is called a digital reflection assignment for uh, EDEL 305 section 2 um, and this is for um, a course at the University of Alberta in Canada. I am um, originally born in Toronto, but my mom is from Quebec. She's francophone and I speak French as well. I went to a French immersion school when I was little um, and it really influenced the way I think about language. Um, I didn't go for more than a couple of years. I, when I was 10 years old I moved into the middle of nowhere where I had to go to an English school and it was a very, very uh, quaint little town um, in Ontario and uh, language for me changed very much there. Um, I ended up being very successful actually in my, in my classes as compared to when I was in French immersion, um, probably because I spoke English at home, not French. Um, in any case, this digital reflection is um, about my perspective on teaching reading um, and um, what makes me, you know, this sort of, uh, this sort of a, what would make me this sort of a teacher? Um, talking about teaching, I, I actually have a lot of teaching experience under my belt as an English language teacher, um, either here in Canada or in Japan. Um, um, however, uh, that is a small certification and uh, then I decided to become an educational assistant at an elementary school and I, I was there for about four or five years and, and, uh, and that was a very rewarding experience which made me realize how much I wanted to work in the school system um, with the little ones who need um, language uh, help, uh, mostly uh, literacy skills and um, and it's it's an amazing thing to be able to work with children because you you see how much uh, potential they all have and all these little you know hidden expertise that they never really show you until you work with them one on one or in little groups and you get to see uh, see them blossom. Um, well, I guess one of the things that I always had a hard time with uh, in school and even to this day are the queuing systems um, and how um, different um, languages have symbolic uh, have a symbolic uh, nature either in meaning or in uh, the written system and uh, when it comes to understanding the difference between semantics and syntax, uh, pragmatics or um, phon phonics or phonology or graphophonics, um, I would say my hardest part is the syntax. Uh, syntactic error is something that I am very familiar with. Um, semantics, I actually have a background. I did my fine arts degree and so uh, the meaning for me uh, behind what we do is sort of second nature. I, I don't do anything unless there's meaning in it and, and uh, 
I don't expect anybody else to be doing something unless they have meaning uh, behind or you know what they're doing there must be some sort of purpose or reason behind what they're doing and, and it must have some sort of emotional um, impact on them somehow whether it be positive or negative and and that's what develops meaning inside of us my goal to be as a teacher is to to bring it um, in a positive way to, to you know have some positive reinforcements involved in in uh, the exploration of uh, language and um, and literacy um, so here I I have to admit that in, in class we did a little exercise that made me understand I was more of a, um, I guess, uh, an interactive social constructivist uh, educator. Um, I prefer top-down over bottom-up. So if you're wondering what that means, um, their reading perspectives, their perspectives on um, how uh, reading can be um, taught. Um, so at the bottom-up perspective, for example, is um, a reading perspective uh, that is very linear. So, you know, you're looking for meaning uh, in the text, and your reading goes from little tiny pieces into a whole whole message um, whereas a top-down approach it focuses more on meaning and so that's why I say uh, I prefer the top-down approach um, top-down approach has readers um, using uh, what they know um, as uh, the role for how they explore and um, inquire about the meaning in text um, and so um, reading is more of um, a whole going into parts and then coming back to the whole. And I guess that's why I find myself working more interactively. Um, so a process of synthesis um, using different sounds and um, thought processes uh, to create um, uh, meaning in in liter in in letters or uh, you know um, not just the letters but uh, you know a, a concept in a within a context and so social constructive is here constructivism of course um, is uh, is focusing on meaning um, but also looking more into um, how you can correct uh, yourself in and construct your own um, way of understanding. Um, so you would use, you know, all the queuing systems and a variety of strategies, uh, mostly um, with regards to how much you your your experiences can influence uh, what what you are doing, and. Um, in this way, um, there are many ways of expressing or um, learning. Uh, you can you can be looking at pictures in a book and making a story that way. You can be uh, looking at um, the way the print itself um, is forming meaning, um, and 
he could read passages um, with specific uh, vocabulary that maybe you don't understand, but is very interesting, and you can try to guess at its meaning. Um, and so there's, you know, for example, you're decoding sounds uh, into something uh, that uh, maybe you're familiar with from, you know, something you've heard before in class or, or outside of class. Um, I guess as a teacher, I would be um, fall, falling under all of the roles uh, that we discussed in class, provider, organizer, demonstrator, responder, observer, um, and, and it's, a, it's a whole process, right? It's a, it's a, it's, I, I guess I have been influenced somewhat by the Aboriginal culture uh, in my neck of the woods where I have a family up in Lac La Biche and um, I, I have a holistic perspective on things so um, you know when it comes to uh, trying to have some sort of um, uh, immerse, immersive experience in language not only would I really really love to see the creations of my own students around uh, around me but also around them that they might be able to share their creations with others and um, and be proud of uh, you know how how they're um, expressing themselves uh, uh, with words or images or um, even sound uh, performance and which you know whichever level or grade they are in that they have this uh, this opportunity to to express themselves um, you know e e orally or uh, or not so uh, that's it for now it's been 10 minutes and uh, I hope you enjoy my uh, next podcast coming up soon thank you bye bye Well, in my last podcast, I shared with you um, a little bit of my history and um, some a little bit of my approaches towards teaching uh, literacy. Um, today, I'm going to talk a little bit more about reading in particular um, and how I could be a provider, organizer, demonstrator, responder, uh, observer and catalyst um, and focus on uh, maybe three or four particular reading um, um, re reading uh, strategies uh, that we use in class uh, for example um, we have the read aloud uh, shared reading guided reading and independent reading um, uh, so, for the read aloud, um, which is mostly uh, um, uh, explicit, it's it's where a teacher would uh, um, read uh, 
article or some sort of uh, contact content uh, language content mostly uh, books it could be a a picture book or um, a novel and um, this the teacher would be uh, reading it to the class with uh, interjections here and there um, but mostly to present uh, uh, the literature and uh, concepts within um, so as a provider, um, I would be um, making sure that um, I understood uh, the uh, not only the grade level of the children in my class, but maybe some of their background and um, the the knowledge that they're bringing into the class and in issues that are going on in the class um, and find books that uh, relate to uh, what is going on around them. Um, for example, um, if I were teaching uh, grade three, I would uh, uh, introduce something like Charlotte's Web or even um, uh, a novel that may um, have to do with uh, um, a historical um, uh, um, perspective. Uh, relating to maybe the cultural background of a child in my class, uh, or a very, or uh, um, uh, or a few kids in my class that might have some some sort of uh, um, uh, shared background, um, and also um, so that they can expand their mind on uh, concept uh, concepts of social inclusion and and. Um, working in, in with others uh, um, maybe even any you know emotional uh, regulatory sort of uh, a book um, but most of the time I think I would want to have books that uh, that can touch them in uh, a way that they can uh, bring outside of the class um, and so that's also kind of a part of my job job as a role as an organizer um, I would be making lesson plans around these texts and books um, I would be providing a variety of, of these kinds of books for them to even read um, and to tell me if they are interested in them um, so and, and, and again these are just the books uh, I would be providing uh, an environment uh, for these uh, children, for the students, uh, opportunities around uh, all over the environment, um, from a reading wall to um, um, anchor charts and uh, and uh, their own works that they have put up, uh, or um, you know. Uh, literature that we are working on uh, in in the li in this classroom library but also um, a variety of different um, forms of literature nonfiction fiction um, novel or you know I mean you, depending on the age uh, it could be you know short books long books picture books um, <laughs> I would be a demonstrator. I would show them not only what 
what uh, what they what they should be doing. But um, every day that I walk into the class, I am I am their model, and I will be modeling language, what language they need to use one with another. Um, everything that we're learning in class from all the texts, um, they will be looking to me to be able to demonstrate what we're learning. Um, and every time, uh, for example, I see someone, you know, um, showing that they have learned something or that they are willing to, to respond positively to something that they have learned, um, I, I, I'd be giving them positive reinforcements, um, you know, saying, good job, wow, I'm so glad that you remembered about this or that. Um, and uh, and hopefully, you know, having um, uh, uh, cooperative moments between, uh, between the students themselves, uh, sharing what they've learned. And I'll be right there to be able to say, wow, I'm really proud of you, or um, good going, or good job saying this, or... Um, you know, maybe a, a little bit of feedback uh, saying maybe we could say this instead. Or do you remember when we read this? Um, have you seen that chart over there? Um, maybe you were away for this. And, and look up there. Look what your friend uh, did. They, 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 they showed some... Um, uh, they showed some use of, of this particular instant of uh, um, of language that they may be uh, expressing at the moment um, and so the, the environment becomes more and more immersive the more they are involved in, in language um, in, in the readings that uh, that we're sharing whether it be in social science or or are even in um, uh, math problem solving we see something going on we can point out the the vocabulary and and the use of the language um, always wondering you know what's going on and and how does this uh, how do these words uh, you know show it or ask or show what it is that um, we're looking at um, and um, of course I would always be keeping in, in mind um, the um, the functions of, of this language, uh, you know, and how they're they're using it. Is it are they using it um, in a way that will um, acquire something? Um, is it instrumental? Is it being used um, uh, to accomplish something? Uh, is it uh, am, and and um, Am I modeling something that you know they're they're or are they showing me something that I had modeled um, to be able to accomplish something? Because I think in the classroom there's a lot of um, uh, back and forth between the teacher and the student, um, and, uh, and and it becomes uh, an interplay um, of you know interactions and um, ideas and questioning and repre representing. Um, of course, you know, if we're in kindergarten, there's a lot of um, playful use of language. Um, 
in in small smaller activities where they're showing interest in something um, the language that we used in the class that day can be transferred over to to um, maybe something they're doing in a center a play center or or even a, a different um, a different center in either um, language arts or in math um, or even at snack time we could be discussing uh, you know some of these very interesting um, concepts that we've been looking at in books and um, you know I, I don't think I would put it past me unless it were some sort of school policy to to have a book at lunch um, a lot of people don't like to have food around the books but um, sometimes when we're eating we have this um, uh, working uh, our, our mechanism and our bodies moving our bodies uh, thinking uh, you know as we're eating and sometimes this helps us really dive into the concepts in a book so I, I can't put say no to you know the concept of uh, you know having food or, and drink around a book um so yes uh, it has been 10 minutes and uh, i look forward to uh, sharing my next podcast with you i'll talk to you later bye-bye welcome back and in our last podcast we were talking about the read aloud and how um, the information we learn in read aloud can be transferred to other activities and and what kinds of materials we can use in a read aloud and where can we can find them in the classroom um, in this podcast we're going to be talking about um, shared reading and uh, maybe even going into some guided reading or independent reading. Um, shared reading is a little bit more structured, not like a read aloud where it's open-ended questions. Um, in a in a shared reading, we um, have an intent for each, uh, not only each page, but um, each subject uh, or. Um, topic covered in uh, the shared reading. Most of the time a shared reading book will be a large format book and there might actually be um, a, a lesson plan or uh, some teaching guides uh, in that shared reading text. Um, and so it is different from a read aloud uh, in that it's a large book and also it's uh, it, it, we're using uh, queuing strategies uh, and these part of the parts of the queuing system and focusing particularly on um, having children not only read with us but um, understanding uh, some of the concepts within uh, we're asking a lot of questions and uh, trying to get them more engaged in the text um, in uh, in a shared reading, of course, you you want to have it planned in, in advance. You want to go over the text and make sure you understand all the different parts. Um, you, know, you want to be able to um, you know discuss some of the reading patterns. Uh, say there was uh, some rhyming patterns in the text, or um, there is um, um, uh, some interesting. Um, uh, 
um, formatting uh, in the in the text you might want to bring that up um, and then a guided reading um, like shared reading you're reading together in the class a shared reading you would be that you know the teacher is uh, at the head of the class and the teacher is holding the book up and reading to the children and the children are are following the teacher in guided reading however um, each child will probably have a copy of the text themselves and it will be done in small groups where they would um, they would be uh, listening to the instructions of the teacher who would be setting up the text whether it be for uh, a particular um, uh, reading strategy such as looking at uh, the main idea and the um, 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 and the uh, and the body or conclusion of a text or it could be um, looking at uh, a particular concept in the text uh, such as uh, um, uh, let's say a text is about um, um, ha happiness well, we look at the the different words that might represent happiness, and it's just a small example. Um, and so, in guided reading, uh, you, the teacher she will will lay out the the structure of the of the of the uh, the activity, um, explaining um, what kinds of uh, strategies a child will be using during that guided reading session. Um, and uh, in that also, um, the teacher will be pointing out a, a, an end point where they can stop and think about what they've been reading um, and have a little bit of uh, thinking, uh, sort of contemplation or critical um critical thinking time to think about what the text meant and uh, its a comprehension strategies. Um, and so um, there we would have maybe a, a table placed in the, beside in the side of the classroom or in the corner of the classroom or by the teacher's desk where the teacher would sit there and have students gathered around um, to, uh, to um, explore uh, explore the text. Um, now when I say text, of course, that those are usually uh, leveled books. So in, that, in each group that the teacher would be pulling aside for the guided reading, um, they will have a, a particular uh, level of, uh, of reading, um, you know, whether it would be uh, Walter's A to Z, but for example, in you know, level C, you might have few, um, few words, um, maybe th only three, three word, three words on each page, three to four words, and um, the, the the children will be um, looking through each each page and using strategies as they read and forming uh, forming concepts. Uh, strategies such as using their eagle eye or or skipping. Um, skipping words that they don't understand and um, and the teacher will be observing how the, the students are reading so the, in this one the, the teacher is not um, reading the text as much as the children are reading it to themselves um, 
quietly and um, and the teacher will see what strategies they are using, um, and if they, if a teacher uh, pulls one student uh, aside while the others are reading, she will be be able to do some running record and um, and focus on that particular student's strategies and see where they are at. Um, now, if this were my classroom, I would probably want to have that table in the side of the class, um, particularly for this kind of uh, an activity for guided reading. Um, and these leveled books, I, you know, usually they're, they're in a kit, um, with, uh, with a, a particular teaching book that would, uh, um, help the teacher, uh, use these books, um, um, with the students. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, there can be um, chosen texts by the teacher for the for for each level, a reader, um, and uh, and in my class, I think I would leave these books available to the children to be able to read, uh, not just through guided reading, but um, also in an independent reading um, time. So, um, you know, during the day there would be a, a time set aside where uh, children can uh, choose a book and uh, go into the text themselves and explore and read on their own. And that would be independent reading. Um, so, in, in this case, uh, in independent reading, um, like I talked about in uh, the read-alouds, um, there would be a variety of materials available in the classroom um, displayed either in the classroom library or um, at the side of the class for a particular subject area or um, on the teacher's desk as a, a, um, a special um, topic book or, um, uh, you know, uh, in book boxes. Uh, children could have their own book boxes at the side in the classroom. and. Um, and I think it should, children should be able to, to choose whatever books they would like to put in their book boxes, or uh, even if it were a Ziploc um, freezer bag and kept in their desk, or some sort of system to organize um, the different uh, different books that they're going to be using in the class. For example, the independent reading books would be in um, a special space where they would be able to take those out during uh, independent reading and and um, and it would uh, include a variety of books from around the classroom, including the guided reading uh, leveled books. And uh, um, one book I can think of, for example, is um, a top dog book that I encountered in um, in uh, in my in my EA experiences. And the top dog book. Uh, there was a whole s uh, series of these top dog. Um, guided reading leveled books and they, the kids just love those books because there's a cute dog and this dog has this little tiny flea that he interacts with and so it's kind of relevant to these children and I think a guided reading book should be somewhat relevant and keep their interests so that they desire to, to want to read these books. 
And, um, and so we're coming up on 10 minutes and I just wanted to share with you, um, what I know and what I've learned about, um, shared reading, guided reading and independent reading, um, and, uh, and how I might be using these in the classroom. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcasts and, um, perhaps we will hear each other again in the future. Thank you. Bye-bye.